This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take us in. Hi, sir. Is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends, and thanks for joining us here in Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show to the original series. My name is Drew, or Landru, and this is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Mike. And today we have the honor and the glory of being joined by the crew of the Earl Grey ship. Huzzah! How's it going, guys? Now we've got Darren. How's it going? Doing good. Glad to be on board. It's a, it's a little... A little more cramped than I'm used to, but uh, it's a, it's a really nice ship you had here. Yeah, the bright they, colors. You'll get used to the bright colors. I just keep following this tube that says uh, GNDN. I'm pretty sure that's going to take me where I need to go, right? Yeah. Definitely. 100%. Right. And then we have Daniel. Hello. Up, yeah, and Daniel? I'm confused by your screens that are on the wall that only show one static image. Like, why do I need to see this painting <laughs> on the wall? I don't get it. It's nice. It's you pretty. see, the captain doesn't have a ready room, so we just put his nice <laughs> galaxy paintings on the bridge where he can admire them. Yeah. yeah. And last but not least, Philip. How's it going, Philip? Hey, hey, guys. You know, I really <laughs> like being on a ship where you don't have synthahol. You, you got the real stuff here in the 23rd century. <laughs> I'm glad. Oh, did you get the green stuff again, Philip? I'm glad. <laughs> Guy never gets. <laughs> See, you guys do these bits. You guys do these these like fully realized bits, <laughs> seemingly off the top of your head. And every time I hear them, I'm just like, how do they do that? And then when I'm here for one of them, I'm like, I just don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm I waiting for I'm, a I'm, special guest to just go through our back catalog of 100 episodes and catalog how many ranks and positions we've been giving ourselves. We, we want a wiki page, dang it. <laughs> Make it happen. Do it, do it. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. You're welcome. So people may be wondering why we're having these 24th century adventurers on uh, this 23rd century show, and it's because uh, Drew and I are going to travel into the 24th century for a, a, a brief moment uh, and take a look at an episode of a show called Star Trek The Next Generation called Relics. So, um, for those people who may not know, Star Trek The Next Generation was a show which the aired best. in the 80s. <laughs> it, uh, you know, I would say that's not accurate, but it is Be a very grateful good. guest, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I would say You that come it, it, onto my ship. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Let's just saucer separate and get... Oh, wait. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's awkward. We now. can. We just can't put it back together. <laughs> that's true. Well, you know, we know... Yeah. Well, we shouldn't really talk about... Wait, Daniel has already separated the nacelles. Come back with those nacelles, Daniel. <laughs> They're mine. No. <laughs> yeah, no, Next Gen's a good show. I like it. It's cool. No, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, much like everyone's experience, most people's experience with like TOS, you know, where we started with the movies. I started with the next gen movies, and as a bold move, didn't much didn't much care for them. You know, I'll be honest. Like, you know that that really data got on my nerves. I don't know what it was. Like data in the movies just is the worst. And then I'm watching the series, and he's like amazing. Like yeah. I, I think my favorite episode is the one where he gets a girlfriend. I in mean, that's theory. really the in only theory. plot in that episode. Directed by and Sir Patrick Stewart. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. Like, I was watching Relics again yesterday, and um, I think because, you know, it, I, I saw the show, you know, growing up, I, I you know, I came into, I became a Star Trek fan during season six of, of Next Gen. You know, it, it sort of, I, I thought of these characters as people before i thought of them as you know people being played by real people 
But now when I when I go back and I look at like the stuff that like Brent Spiner was doing, it's like holy crap, you know, this guy was on point. You know what I mean? It's it's insane. It's 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 a it's a really good show. Uh it's I mean, I would say it's like even though it's not my favorite show, it's like my Star Trek. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the one that I grew up with. That's the one that I knew the titles for every single episode, you know, for the entire seven seasons and all that stuff. That's the one that I obsessed over uh, as a kid. So, Well, well I yeah. like to think that Brent Spiner is the Jimmy Doohan of TNG <laughs> because much like Jimmy Doohan does all the voices for the animated series, Brent Spiner plays all the characters in TNG. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Also, do you remember the TOS episode where uh, where Jimmy Doohan shows up in a dress? Oh wait, that 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 doesn't happen. But <laughs> it, I guess you know, that's okay. Season four would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, budget but, cuts know. just leaves Jimmy Doohan, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about relics. We're talking about relics because that's the one with Scotty on it. Um, this came in season six of Next Generation. And we're going to kind of look at it more from the TOS perspective than anything else. You know, we, we had Norm on uh, a few weeks back to look at In a Mirror Darkly, the Enterprise episode. And now we got you guys on. And, you know, maybe we'll get some uh, some Orbsters or To the Journeyers on in the future. We shall see. But for now, Relics. Okay, what did you guys think of the episode just as an episode on its own, you know? Because I'm surprised at how critically acclaimed this episode is. Like, when they did their whole Viewer's Choice Marathon back right before All Good Things aired, like, this was in it. This was in the top five, you know? And that's crazy to me. Not necessarily wrong, but crazy. Well, it is wrong, but crazy. <laughs> so, you know, uh, let's start with you, Daniel. What do you think about uh relics i I like relics um like we were talking about before the show i wasn't really familiar with the scotty character when first i saw it um i mean i was familiar with him in in like a pop culture sense like i knew who he you know beam me up scotty and he you know what he kind of did on the ship so i i was aware he was a character and was part of the old crew but i didn't know him as 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 scotty and uh but it was still a fun episode it's it it Sometimes there are moments in it that really get to me that really bother me. Jordy, um, sorry, oh, Jordy. Yeah, <laughs> mostly involving Jordy. Um, <laughs> but then there are brilliant moments, like the conversation uh, that that uh, Scotty and Picard have on the holodeck on the Enterprise bridge, uh, and kind of the and the data and the drinking scene. There's lots of fun that that to be had in the in the episode. So I really enjoy it overall, even if it has some issues. I certainly wouldn't put it in the top five if that's what you said that they, that the fan collective or whatever, put it in. Uh, not nowhere near that, but it, it's a fun episode. It's a, it's, it's a good, it's a good watch. What about you, Philip? Yeah, I'm similar to Daniel. It, it, it's one of those things of when, when Scotty came on, and I, I'm sure I saw it in the original run, but it's, it's hard to remember back then. Um, but it's sort of like, well, you know, this is going to be a fun episode because I know Scotty from the movies, and he's always, you know, given a good laugh or, you know, everything like that. Um, and so it's always interesting to look back on TOS and the actual TV ro- series where he's not a punchline. He's, he's actually a you know legit, you know, engineer, acting captain, all this stuff. Um, you know, Scotty and Red, that's in the command chair. Anyway, um, but no, I really enjoyed this episode. <laughs> I, I think I have a different take on the Jordy stuff than, than Daniel does, but I agree. It's, it's, it's interesting. Though it is also, uh, for all the great things about the holiday scene, which I'm sure we'll talk about for possibly, um, yeah, you know, is the title too on the nose? Like, yes, yeah, Scotty or, or Mister Duhan, you'll be playing in relics. Oh, is it like the theme of like, do we find an old relic? Yes, <laughs> we 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 do now. There will definitely be some sort of relic in the show, other than you at this point. Now, well, what about you, Darren? Well, I think you aptly, you know, summed it up where it's the one with Scotty in it. I'm pretty sure that's what the Netflix description says, uh, <laughs> you know, just as accurate. Uh, we all know that I really love how Netflix has described all of Star Trek very poorly, having watched the first five minutes of each episode. Yes. But uh, no, I think it's it's a really fun, good episode and, and has a good balance, I think, between the A and the B plot, the Scotty and the Dyson Sphere. 
Whoa, whoa, Darren. There is no bloody A, B, C, or D plot. <laughs> they just oh, they jump straight to he F plot. He uh, but but no, I really uh, you know I enjoy this episode, and I I remember as well back in ninety three when uh, you know the fan choice awards and Jonathan Frakes all strutting around the ten forward and talking. Although I mean. It would it was it interesting though seeing this episode after watching the movies because you would have seen Guinan interact with Scotty and she's not in this episode to be in Ten Forward because that would have been a whole you know time time slip mess if they had met. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, what 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 about what about you, um, Drew? Now you're coming at it from a different perspective than than these guys. Uh, but yeah, what what are your thoughts on this? Well, I I remember seeing it as a kid. It was one of those episodes. It may have been one of the episodes that dad had on tape, you know, next to his TOS episodes. Uh, I do remember watching it with the same friend that uh, I watched Star Trek six with. And uh, we just we'd love it. And we'd get the little micro machines out and do the the closing sphere doors and have the I mean, it's the only time the Enterprise actually does like even a half barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> it it's like just zooms straight through it. And uh, I like that sense of excitement that that episode had. But uh, uh, in watching it, uh, I, I don't think I'd seen it since then. So watching it today, it was it was really interesting for me. I, I went into it expecting, you know, because it's the one where Jordy treats Scotty <laughs> like crap is how I've been thinking about it most recently. But really, I, I, I felt the whole arc that they were giving Scotty in this episode. Uh, he was getting on my nerves, too. Like, I thought it was uh, <laughs> just, just from the, the cliches that we'd been throwing around for the last few years. You know, I thought that Scotty was just like, hey, let me help. And Jordy's like, no, go away, old man. But in reality, Scotty's like you know, pushing bat wrong buttons. He's <laughs> literally taking out the dilithium crystals and poking them like, hey, there's a crack in this one. That is really annoying. And I can kind of, I can kind of get behind Jordy on this. But then, so I'm just like, oh yeah, get out of the way, old man. Even though he's like my old man. But then, wow. you know, when he has the breakdown on the on the bridge of the old Enterprise and, and that conversation with, with Picard, I got all choked up. You know, it, it hit me in all the right spots, and Ron D. Moore should be super proud of it. Well, this this goes into my my theory that I've I'll talk about, and and Darren and Daniel try to tell me to get over it about the obsession with TNG writers and aging. That they're always they're always they're always writing about getting old. I mean, these are like thirty year olds <laughs> that are writing this, right? I'm like, I don't, you know, That's yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, but like, I mean, like you say, Drew, this is a very spot on story, which I know this might not necessarily be the TOS element for here, but but yeah, I I agree, I do love it. No, yeah, I mean that's interesting. I wonder how much of that has to do with like the uh, the the head writers, you know, getting on that, you know, sort of oh, uh, pillar and thematic thing. I mean, like <laughs> we, we just talked to uh, to Larry Nemechek about um, Michael Pillar on commentary Trek stars, and he was talking about how the reason why Michael Pillar would always wear a baseball cap is because he was balding. And that was how he came up with the idea for insurrection was because he's like, uh, it would be nice if I could just reverse this crap, you know? And, and then you also hear about like Jerry Taylor and how she was the one who was like, you know, we should have older crew members. How come all the crew members are 20-somethings? Let's have some old people walking around the background. <laughs> there, you know there's a three-year-old on that show. There is? <laughs> Kess. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking next gen. But yeah, no, that's true. That's true. She's a three-year-old. But it's a three-year-old who gets old really fast, <laughs> right? <laughs> who just so, happens to be a hot 20-something, you know? It's like... <laughs> But, you know, I mean, so maybe that's what that is. I don't know. Like, in in terms of, like, my, my thoughts of the, on this episode, like, I always did think of it as, like, yeah, it's the Scotty one, you know? And that's that's always sort of, like, been its thing. Like, yeah, it's the Scotty one. But, like, the fact that it is so well-regarded and everything, when I was watching it again yesterday, which was for the first time in, you know, a good long while, I, I guess I was kind of... Um, 
trying to see what made it so special. And what I ended up seeing while watching it was, yeah, no, it is a good episode, but at the same time, like, you take out Scotty and you replace him with random uh, old guy from the 23rd century. Like And Frasier? all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. If like you, if you from st- a book of some sort, Darren? <laughs> 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 it, it, if, if you stuck, you know, anyone else in there aside from, you know, James Doohan, it would just be like, yeah, it's a good episode. Yeah, that's cool. It's, it's, a little, it's a cool little episode that they did. I mean, there's nothing about it which is like, overwhelmingly anything you know it's strange um i'm sorry oh go ahead go ahead i was just going to jump in and say that that's that like i agree with you uh, to a degree like if it wasn't scotty it wouldn't mean as much but it it would be probably just a good episode like a good solid episode like you're saying but like but that's okay because like you get more out of it from knowing scotty like that's that's where the power of the episode comes from that's where that's where the greatness of the episode comes from like if you've followed this character watched this character for years and years and years that's where it comes from because this is kind of his you know of course it's it's his wrap up for his character you know the last we get to see of him technically i i i guess that's true you know and that's cool but I guess I'm thinking of it more from like a a production standpoint when you think of like unification and, you know, the philosophy behind that. It's like, oh, my God, it's Spock, (laughs) you know, or or like anything, you know, I mean, uh, generations or, you know, taking this into like Voyager with, you know, flashback. It's like, oh, my God, you know, whereas this one it's just like, hey. Scotty, oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, are we like at the bar? <laughs> hey, it's Scotty, guys. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, isn't that kind of how this episode plays? Isn't, didn't it take Andy like twenty minutes to figure out that she's supposed to know who this guy is? Like, I well, think she was watching it like it was just some random old guy from the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's but that's because she hasn't seen it's the first time. Right. Well, we, and yeah. we actually we had Andy on for an episode where we talked about how TNG played in her head retroactively after she finished the original series. And we brought up relics and, and she, she said she rewatched it and she said she, she thought it was a good episode. She enjoyed it the first time. And I, I'm obviously paraphrasing here. So forgive me, Andy, if I'm getting a little bit of this wrong, she said it was awesome. Uh, but no, but she said it's, the same. It, it, it's exactly what we're saying here. It's the same thing that we're saying here, but she said when she rewatched it after she had seen the original series and learned who Scotty was, then it became so much more so so much better than if it was just random old fart from you know 80 years ago or whatever makes yeah. sense yeah makes and, sense. I, and i'm wondering from you guys who are usually thinking in more of a tos capacity or or you know whether it's jj or prime or whatever um you know is this a cartoon version of scotty that we get in relics which i don't mean to to say he's a cartoon I mean, because there's a very serious like you said but very there's a deep heart to this episode but like is this the Scotty that even from the movies you all recognize, or is this like the incarnation that's pop culture Scotty that we see in Relics? I don't think it's pop culture Scotty, uh, but he he is kind of different from the he's he's more mellow than the movie movie Scotty, where he's you know making trying to make out with Ahura and then <laughs> you know like. Uh, you know the Klingon bitch didn't shed a bloody tear, and you know that uh, he he's more mellow, but he would be because theoretically it would take place after six, even though it was filmed before. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> I swore I'd never get involved in the time trap. No, don't 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 forget, he might be more mellow because he just lost his lifelong buddy Franklin. Oh yeah, yeah. Franklin. yeah. That's you know, good old loss. Franklin. I mean, he he should have like poured one out at Guinan's bar for Franklin. You know, <laughs> he deserved with, better. With he really stuff. did. Well, it's it's weird in that, you know, I mean, this is something that we do talk about rather frequent, frequently, which is, you know, unlike uh, Next Generation, for example, it's not about the family. It's not about the crew as a unit. It's really about Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and then those other four guys who show up every once in a while when it's needed because of plot purposes. And while Scotty is certainly number four in that group... He's still not one of the top three. And to me, that almost makes him a caricature to begin with. You know, there isn't that much character there to to start with. And I think, like, having someone like Ron Moore, who is, 
a huge fan of the original series write this one was a really smart idea because he is going to know what it is that makes that character like an actual character and not just like a caricature. And I don't think that he is being a caricature or being portrayed as a caricature here, but I do think that some of that comes out because, for one thing, you need those iconic moments. You know, you need to check off those boxes. Ah, I but, see what you did. What? <laughs> you need to check off those boxes. <laughs> he what? didn't even see it. I. What did I do? <laughs> you need to check off those boxes. Uh, you <laughs> vessels. That's all. Is our relics episode going to be named hell. after Chekhov? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> we never. This is all we do is we make references to episode titles and mock Daniel about not knowing the Q episodes. That's pretty much every episode of Earl Grey. Don't let him know our secret. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes. So you know, I mean, aside from that, you know, I mean, you you do you you are going to come up with some sort of like caricature feel even if it's not a caricature or, or you know that's that's my impression anyway one of the things that i do love about this episode is how it sort of crystallizes uh the idea which runs throughout the entire series of uh jordy being a world-class a-hole you know and i mean i i think that that's kind of great that they decided to deal with that head-on in this particular episode and such a high profile one at that so that that I like about this episode because he's wow he's a really big jerk you know and <laughs> to speak to what Drew was saying say that uh, Lavar Burton is probably the nicest man alive so it's, it's oh de- yeah it's no I, I mean like I, right there. he's a good actor <laughs> it's like we we yeah we did we did a series on him for for Trek stars and I kept on saying like he's a very good actor he seems like a good guy. He pl- he's very good at playing a jerk, you know? <laughs> he's kind of like Rutger Hauer or, or whatever, you know? He's the Rutger Hauer of Next Generation. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, one thing actually that, that did stick out to me in, in this rewatch was the fact that he just, any chance he gets, he just happens to bring up Leah Brahms. Oh, yeah. guess what yeah. Brahms did? I love that too, because that's <laughs> such a real thing, you know? Like, he could have told Let any Let me tell you story. a story about my girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. He tells she, the story. She and goes, not she's not, not just ship. his girlfriend. You've never heard of it. Right. And it's not just his girlfriend, because if it was his girlfriend, then that wouldn't be as true, right? Because he wouldn't feel the need to do it. But he's telling the story about the girl who he wants to be his girlfriend, right? <laughs> that is such a real life thing to do. You know? I knew well, this girl and, one But he time. was telling the story of the actual time he met her. Not the time. <laughs> Not the fake. He fake time. created her it's, as a holodeck creator. Yeah, that I'm sure Scotty would like... immediately be like, "That doesn't seem moral, laddie." <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this one time, like Leia and I, you know, I call her Leia. We were, or Leia, and we were, you know, it was this uh, asteroid field, and she's like, "Oh man, that would have been great to meet her." Oh, well, I, she was it actually there? <laughs> holographic uh, girlfriends, holographic ale. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I do I do like that. I like how they deal with that, which is kind of cool. And to speak to Drew's point about how like you were kind of, you know, feeling that 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 sense of you know like annoyance towards Scotty. Like I can see that, but at the same time, I mean, just speaking from personal experience, and you know, everyone's had to deal with this, where you know there there might be someone who is a, a figure which you know commands respect. And um, they might get on your nerves because they might think that you're more interested in what they're talking about than they're actually talking about. But at the same time, you know how, well, you know how to handle that, you know? You know how to not disrespect them. And, you know, Jordy did not, I mean, Picard knew it, you know? Picard was like, Hey, I'm gonna ha- sit on this ship with you, and I'm gonna drink some of this uh, green stuff, and then you know, Jordy, you go. I mean, he's saying like, well, the captain wanted me to finish this in an hour. I told him an hour. He doesn't care. It's like if if Jordy would have called up Picard and been like, hey, here's the deal, you know, Picard would have said, well, okay, fine, two hours is fine. Show him around. That's cool. That takes priority, and then we'll get this thing scanned. Well, you know Mike, what I mean? You have to remember, Mike, Picard is Scotty's age because uh, Picard's been in command 85 years. Um, <laughs> that's true. So, George, you know, if only, if only, right, we have a giant ship with a thousand people. 
if only we don't leave this living legend alone in his giant yeah. quarters after a traumatic experience. Well, if only there was somebody on the ship <laughs> uh, whose Guinan? expertise Guinan, was who could counsel him in this sort of something. Hey, hold. they tried. They couldn't fit it in. I mean, they at least <laughs> thought about it for half a second. They had to make room for Jordy telling his Leah Brom story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's well, one thing. He... he reacts very well to being pulled out of his time to never seeing anyone alive of his you know friends like i know i mean i've read a book or two about people who've been pulled through time and they don't take it very well usually darren you gotta remember this is the same guy who fought apollo over a girl okay <laughs> scotty's not gonna get phased by a little time travel okay <laughs> that's true except for his mate you know not making it through oh that's, that's probably the one thing that, oh. that is a stickler and, but and guys like, in, we don't get this in TNG, but you have to remember, back in the old days, they could just go around the sun to travel through time whenever they wanted, so it's not a big deal. They could, he could have just gone oh, back in time. Is there that awkward part like, near the end where he's like walking back to his shuttle like, so will this take me back, or? <laughs> you said it wasn't very fast. Can I go fast enough to slingshot around the sun? Then? Can we slingshot the Dyson Sphere? Because that's basically a sun. <laughs> They, that's no, no. That's point. actually the that's the shuttle uh, to the retirement home. <laughs> it's auto programmed. It's auto programmed. You can't go. You're pretty much. He's like, on your are way. you saying it's like it's like Moriarty with the holodeck? Like <laughs> Scotty sees all these things happening. And the shuttle just goes. Docks it's the USS Carl Fredrickson. It's just gonna take you right there. Oh, you're gonna have a great time in this shuttle, uh, Scotty. Come on, let's just go. It'll be fun. Don't worry. Captain about Scotty's going to the farm. It in so he can take him to Riza. It's got two buttons: Riza and the retirement planet. <laughs> oh, Scotty would totally go to Riza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'd have a good time. Yeah, he'd like that. So one thing I noticed, uh, because this is the first time I watched this episode since I'd learned about all the behind the scenes stuff about Next Generation and how Next Generation wasn't allowed to talk about Vulcans or or, or anything related to TOS, and I, I guess like unification kind of like broke that seal, and so Ron Moore just went insane. Like, okay, <laughs> we went from not referencing that Star Trek the original series happened. To okay, you know, we'll talk about it in like the third episode. Hey, the original Enterprise found a drug kind of like this, and here's how they beat it. To I'm gonna mention nine different episodes in this episode. I'm gonna talk about Alana Troyes. I'm gonna talk about uh, just I'm gonna talk about Naked Now, Naked Time, which Jordy should have been like, wait a minute, to tell that story. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. I like that. You know, I like the fact that at that point they realized where they were at and, you know, where their place was in the mythology. And, you know, they were comfortable enough with it to say, like, you know what, we can sort of just um, bust this wide open and do whatever we want. And, you know, again, getting someone like Ron Moore to handle that, I think, was kind of perfect. Yeah, I read in the trivia that Brandon Braga was like assigned to write it. And he's just like, I don't know anything about TOS, and he just hands it back. <laughs> I was just, you know, like, I want to watch that, that scene again because I didn't, I didn't pick that up. That he, so he's in the scene like where he's referencing past whatever he's actually referencing TOS episodes, specific episodes, yeah. Okay, which when he's, when he's totally talking to that poor kid who drops yeah. him off in his room, <laughs> okay, see, okay, see, that mom. was actually a command test. That kid should have been like calling up his CO been like hey this guy is like really depressed like can i just can you just put someone else on my shift for a couple hours so i can just sit and listen to him you know just talk to me but nope he's like i gotta get back to duty and just i just realized something maybe that's like we're like jordy's not treating scotty with respect and 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 nobody seems to like really know who he is or, or or anything except for maybe picard maybe they watched tos and so it's just like, so Spock, he's a big deal, and everybody understands that, and everybody knows that. But then they meet Scotty, and they're like, yeah, I, I remember say, reading about you in the back of this book once, you know? I want to say Sully. Is that your name? It's uh, Welshy. That's his name, Welshy. 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 Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, you know, I mean, that, that goes into, uh, you know, Max's theory that TOS is a television show which exists in the 24th century. You know, it's a it's what? historical fiction, and that explains away a lot documents. of the content. 
Yeah, it explains away a lot of the continuity errors and everything, and yet you can still reference things that happen. So yeah, they've all they're all big fans of Star Trek. And uh yeah, you know, they've seen that episode before. Or maybe well, they didn't watch Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, maybe well, they thought it was boring. Maybe well, the only nerds watched Star Trek. Their admirals the didn't let them. Well, the only thing Riker remembers about Star Trek is there was someone taking a shower in their clothes. So clearly, it didn't really. He never saw, uh, you know, uh, the good. Which is ones. surprising because there's America. a lot in, in TOS that I think Riker would uh, could get behind, but yeah, Riker just likes to get behind things. So that's okay. That's well, a, you know, that's there, there are a lot of. <laughs> I know we often use the word fan service as being derogatory, but but in a positive way, there obviously, as you mentioned, a lot of fan service moments. Though I think the only one that kind of gets me to like, ah, and then, unfortunately, it's the first one, is like the transporter, and then like, oh, oh the TOS beamin, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, the TOS specific beamin, and not the movie era beamin. Yeah, which I know that's a very nerd nitpick, but I'm just like, I hope this doesn't doesn't bother me. I mean, in in terms of in terms of like fan service things that bother me in this episode, okay, he's on his way to his retirement thing. Why is he wearing his freaking uniform? And also, why don't they give him another set of clothes? You know, yeah, they're just like they, well, they you can, take we'll, we'll they take his awesome for, movie yeah? era badge and they replace yeah. it with with a with regular the... com badge. It's like what? <laughs> and then in addition to that, they're like, well, we'll wash your clothes, but we're not gonna. I mean, that seems a little weird to me. But I mean, yeah, in terms of fan service being a good thing, like fan service, yeah, it can be a bad thing. But when you have someone like Ron Moore who knows how to structure a story and then also is the biggest fan. Like, I think that you get that nice balance and you get those things like, you know, you're talking about where they're actually referencing real episodes and they're not saying like, you remember like in that time where there was that, that person, you know, I think her name was Elan of Troyes or whatever, you know, but they just say that, that like what happened or whatever. And that's awesome. You know? I mean, that's that's what you should do. That's why you have such a, a, a dense mythology is so that you can reference crap like that. He's like, that one planet, I got in a wee bit of trouble on that one, the dagger of mind reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? And so, in defense of the uh, transporter thing, uh, by the way, I actually love that. I thought it was a fantastic little touch because it's not anything that you would, unless you're a Star Trek, diehard Star Trek fan, you're not even going to notice anyways. Like, people are beaming everywhere all over the t- place all the time anyways who cares sometimes it's gold sometimes it's blue sometimes it's whatever color and uh but if you wanted to kind of retcon it or or fix the canon there you could just say that it's this tiny little dinky little transport ship and it's not like the flagship of of the fleet so maybe they don't have the newest transporters maybe they maybe that they did have the movie era nacelles I think yes, you, I do. think you would have noticed that, Daniel. <laughs> I did. No, I actually did. I did notice the nacelles. Yeah. Wait. And, and, and we which are just... the nacelles I hate the most, by the way. But I won't. Get, I won't even get into that. They, they. It's you know just like any other any other thing you know where it's like their transporter broke and the spare that was in the warehouse was <laughs> this one from you know the original series era, whatever. And th- that's what they used. So it makes sense. And like, I completely just like, I'm not even going to mention other than to mention it. Cause I can't mention it if I don't mention it. like the whole Kirk line. Just, I just flush it. I don't even count it. I don't yeah. even yeah. count it. You know what? I mean, I, I, I kind of like the retcon explanation, which is like, he's been in a transporter for 75 years, guys. That 0.003% is that one memory that Kirk's oh. actually dead. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't be such a Geordie about it. And plus, I mean, you guys just just remember this episode. I'm going to start using this. <laughs> this episode and Generations, two totally different writers. They weren't even. Maybe he should have remembered. Yeah, mm. I guess I don't know. <laughs> we can't be bound I mean, by you know, con retcon. Like let's just <laughs> let's just blow up planets. That just makes everything better. Retcon. They, I mean, they, I see what you did there, Darren. <laughs> the wrath of retcon. <laughs> They they have talked about that. I think Ron Morris talked about that, where it's like, what about the line and the thing? And he's like, yes, we are very aware of that, but were we like just not going to use Scotty because of that one line? Oh, what about so... beaming through the shields? What about so many things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's us. Who cares? Um, but yeah, it, it, and it's interesting about the the flavor that each character brings. Like you know, Spock unification was sort of a very you know 
not logical, but like a very serious, you know, much, much more serious episode, right? Um, Sarek was a very heavy, respectful episode, right? Just like that character. Um, you know, we, we, we all of us have talked generations because y'all were good enough to come on our show and talk generations. Um, and we came on yours, of course. Um, so you have whatever you want to say Kirk added to, to that adventure to the cooking scene. <laughs> Egg uh, cooking. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Wood chopping. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I see what you're you're saying, Philip. Though is it's you know it it was fun. It's a fun episode. I'm glad they didn't take it too fun. Like, I imagine if they had like mixed it up with some other episode B plots, and you know, Scotty's found in a transporter, and the Ferengi take over the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, but luckily, Scotty has five tribbles to help him retake the ship. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, they don't beam anyone who's. Un, they don't recognize anyone who's over 180 as being a threat, and so they don't. And he I would the see technology fast enough. To I would help see the Reverse the Rascals episode where it's, it's like Scotty and Pulaski have to retake the Enterprise from the Ferengi. Well, if you do the direct swap, now it's you know the Enterprise discovers the Dyson Sphere as Captain Picard, Guinan, Keiko, and uh, Ro. Row were tra- are accidentally changed into children. Can they escape the Dyson Sphere playground? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the uh, the holodeck scene, like like the actual like the heart of this episode, where Scotty just goes onto the old bridge to cry, and Picard. I see you. I see you like enterprising while you enterprise. Would you like your enterprise in your enterprise? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and I I like that I like that Picard found him, and and was able to to help him out and to reminisce with him and not really just be like you know you need to buck up, old man, <laughs> even though you're probably younger than me. <laughs> and it was it's... just about like old girlfriends you can never revisit, and it's like that's that's heartbreaking. Yeah, they should have talked to Jordy about that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, Guys, real girlfriend. Girlfriend, real talking girlfriend. about real ones, Jordy. That's okay. the thing. Jordy gets to visit that old girlfriend whenever he wants. He just has to call up that old program. <laughs> but it's not real. It's not real. Scotty is oh, never real. Jordy really starts that, acting you know? his age. So, so the doctor's not real. Well, thanks for wiping out Voyager, Mike. <laughs> oh, so, you know, whatever. What if like it was okay Jordy came whatever. in and set up a card, and then he's like, "Oh, sorry, you're in." I was actually gonna run a program, uh, <laughs> Jupiter. I know I said I was too busy for you down in engineering. (laughs) (laughs) I have to visit my holographic girlfriend. Not too busy for Utopia Planitia. The doors slide open, and behind the turbo lift is Jupiter Station. And (laughs) it's you know it's cool because I mean that to me that moment with Picard. I mean I I love that because it says so much about Picard. You know. And, and what a what a cool guy he is! It reminds me a lot of like, I don't know. Did you guys watch Friday Night Lights? No, no, a little bit. Nah. It reminds me. Of, well, watch Friday Night Lights because it's the bomb. <laughs> anyway, it reminds me. Uh, yes, he is. It reminds me of uh, like the stuff the 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 stuff with the dad and the coach, the coach, the dad. It's like every time that there's like a, a you know the kids are doing something whatever, he comes in and he just gives them that sort of like tough love thing where he's like there and he knows what they need you know and he gives it to them and you know you kind of leave that scene thinking like wow yeah yeah that's that's (laughs) that's how i should live my life you know and it's it's great and and i i i got that impression from this scene with picard the the one weird thing about it okay i mean and and it's maybe not weird to to the the internal like character thing but it's not what i would expect dramatically speaking is after that scene he goes up to to jordy and he gives him the whole speech about how like people need to be needed and and everything like that and he's like you know i think that that scotty can help us out you know do you think that he'd be willing to do that and jordy's like i think he would i think that that would be a good way for him to be needed and that's what he needs what you would expect after that scene is a scene where like Jordy goes to Scotty's quarters and is like, "Hey man, I was wondering if you could do us a favor. We need your help with this thing." And Scotty's like, 
you know what? I'll do that for you. I will do that for you, and I will feel useful, and you need me, and that makes me feel good. But instead, the next scene that we get is them in the transporter room, (laughs) and Jordy's like, so, how's it going? And he's like, oh, I've got the worst hangover. (laughs) He's like, can you do this? And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. fine <laughs> you know like, and i kind of love that because it's yep, like they're okay. like we're doing this out of pity to help you and he's like yeah okay whatever let's just get this over with can we, can we go back home now i, I got one last mission before i retire kid <laughs> <Yeah>. mendoza <laughs> the the uh one of the elements of that scene that i actually really enjoy um well there's two things that are actually both picard related but that's okay <laughs> well, uh, i like the fact it. that I like the fact that they equate essentially the Enterprise for Scotty with the Stargazer with Picard. Because as we know, Picard served on the Stargazer, I think, something like 2,000 years ago <laughs> um, before. And, you know, it's hardly ever referenced in TNG, but we get occasional it's only a mentions model. of it. Um, <laughs> and then the other, the other part that I really like is uh, the look that Scotty gives Picard when he downs the, the whiskey, you know. Picard, not often think thought of, of like the kind of wild captain that he can, you know, he's more of the intellectual, the thinking captain, but you know, he's going to, he's going to impress Scotty with his drinking abilities. And that's always fun. I I enjoy that. Well, you know, I have to say, I'm thinking about the number of times we see captains drinking straight from the bottle. We have Kirk with the sodium brandy. That was, that was just half of him though. The fun half. We have the uh, Picard with the Alberian whiskey. I'm trying to think. I'm sure Cisco drank like a thing of blood wine, just double, you know, kegged it or something at some point. But anyway, well, then, Picard also had ales for everyone, and, that, and I think <laughs> well, a, that wasn't Janeway picked up the coffee urn and was like just you know, <laughs> Nebula um, coffee. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing I like, and it's it's almost subtle. But it, it adds a lot to the Scotty character is when Scotty's giving like his backstory that we have to like now like create and imagine like, you know, I served in all these freighters and blah, 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 blah. We're like, what? <laughs> now, where, where's the IDW? ships? What? <laughs> where's the IDW Scotty's career comic <laughs> series? Because that's Come on, memory alpha. There's a gap right there. Let's fill it. Yeah. It's like a different season for each ship. That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> well, I guess they yeah. could have been previous to the Enterprise. Yeah. yeah, that's probably what a lot of them are, right? Yeah, he said commander. that was his yeah. first time serving as the chief engineer. Yeah. So, yeah. well, well uh, one thing I wanted to make, make sure you mentioned is in reviewing Memory Alpha, as everyone usually does when they talk about an episode, uh, you know, they were talking about how, or I've heard it also discussed that some of the also conflict between Jordy and Scotty is because Jordy was Jordy was on the command track. Jordy was a bridge officer and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the chief engineer till season two. Uh, and so how you, and, and looking at it in that lens, the way you see Scotty talking about his enterprise and being a chief engineer and the way you see Jordy kind of like doing his job you can kind of tell, you know, again, this is maybe just the subtleness of their acting, but you know, that they just, they have very different ways of approaching being the chief engineer of a starship. I mean, and Scotty's nice enough to, you know, not put down the forge at all and just, you know, gives them, you know, it's the enterprise is in good hands, you know, at the end, but you know, for way we look at Scotty and engineer, it's like, that's his zone. That's his space. That's what he's meant to do. You know, just like he would tell Kirk not to get promoted above captain, you know, people would tell Scotty, like, don't, don't go above being a chief engineer. That's what you love. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that, that is true. And you see that like in the real world and everything, like people who are in jobs as stepping stones and people who are in jobs because this is their thing, you know, this is what they've been working up to or whatever. And, I mean, yeah, that, that is kind of cool that, that they did that. So, you know, I like that. Yeah. so is this the P- Peter principle for the TOS? You're saying that in the five-year mission, that was as good it was ever going to get? Like, well, Commander Chekhov, I mean, you're really good at that nav station. I know you've been in Starfleet 80 years, but <laughs> I, I really think that's really where you belong. Um, <laughs> it's weird. I mean, it's it's a weird concept. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. Um Whatever. I mean, Scotty. <laughs> Scotty addresses that very point in the episode when, you know, 
they're apparently going to have an argument over who's going to command this tiny little ship at this point. But uh, you know, whoa, whoa, Daniel, that was a big shuttle. <laughs> yeah, yes. all ships are big shuttles, Daniel. <laughs> and he's he's like, you know, you know, Scotty says the line, yeah, I I never wanted to be captain. I always wanted to be chief engineer. So yeah, and yeah. it's Jordy in command again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's it blown up though? Yeah. On purpose. To be fair, it was on purpose. Picard lost a ship. Well, he lost two ships. And in fact, let's actually not talk about that. (laughs) So, so this holodeck thing. Does this negate these are the voyages? Because Scotty asks for the bridge of the Enterprise, and the and the ships is like there are five ships named Enterprise. Pick one. There are five. Ooh, let's be federation ships. Five federation ships. But the computer automatically yet. assumed he was talking about federation ships. Well, well, what the computer well, made a lot of assumptions, actually, because it could have been. And, to, and, to be fair, and wouldn't it automatically want to bring up, say, the bridge of the Enterprise, the boat that you get promoted on? Or the movie Or the refit. space shuttle. That's true. Exactly. So the computer made a. Made a reasonable judgment based on the situation. <laughs> Look, I think. It's like when you ask, do you want to watch Star Trek? And automatically Netflix brings up the next generation. So, I mean, like, it's. <laughs> no, yeah, it is like that. I was just thinking it's, it's like, it's like you know, when you do a Google search and you type it in and then it gives you the options. Oh, right? so it, it picks the wait, most wait, popular so when, one. When you're, doing a, when you're doing a holodeck selection, Michael, do, 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 or Mike, do, do you just press I feel lucky and see what program is when you open up? So you're I, saying would, every time the, you watch a TOS episode on Netflix, when it's ending it's and about to play the next episode, it's about to play a uh, TNG episode. You're like, no, I'm watching. I'm watching TOS. Stop <laughs> recommending. I don't want no, to watch Alex. <laughs> I love the idea that the the holodeck has a Google like type search. Like, oh, you start by being like, it's like, like Siri. The computer's yeah. exactly like Siri. You go up to the holodeck and like, you know, I would like a beach scene and it's a beach scene, beach scene with. Mermaids, beach scene with you know whatever. And whatever. Riker was the last like, person yeah. there, and it's just like yeah. that. Yeah. The Riker googling Twitter account. Ten thousand results in three point two seconds. Well, that doesn't really help <laughs> narrow it down, computer. Uh. No, but I mean that's what it has to be. If you if you look at how detailed that stuff is, if unless you want to spend your entire time programming it yourself, there have to be defaults, you know. Yeah. And it makes sense that if you type in enterprise, I mean, just like yeah, I mean, it is like a Google search. You type in enterprise, and you you look at what pictures come up in Google or whatever. I mean, it's got to do that. It has to. Oh. Otherwise, no one would ever be able to actually use it. I'm sorry, right? we meant alpha. <laughs> but let's let's think of how if Riker was going up in Pegasus to do that, and he said, "Show me the bridge of the Enterprise," and the computer responded the same way. How does he uh, retort no, no, that? No. What does he? Just be, he's like the NXO. The original Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. He said they had asked by <laughs> registry, and you could easily give NXO one. <laughs> yeah. Same same way you find a picture of the Enterprise Enterprise in Google. You know, <laughs> you type Enterprise I mean, twice. Yeah. Enterprise squared because that's the episode. Or is it like Google Images where it gives you like the broad categories on top? So it's like, um, oh, the really long mission logs, the really short mission log Enterprise one. Yeah, that one, the one that doesn't have as many logs. Here's the car rental company and (laughs) all of that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think it works. It works. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it is. It it almost doesn't need to be said, but I'll say it. It's cool. To see that uh, NCC-1701 bridge. I mean, even though, yeah, production-wise, you can talk about what's real or what's not real. But but the fact that you have, you know, uh, not only Scotty sitting at his station, engineering station, but Scotty in the captain's chair. Because especially this being standard orbit, one thing that I love about Scotty on the original series that often gets lost in the movies, and I would say even this episode of Relics, Scotty is a great captain. Oh yeah, he's a great captain, and I'm really you know, like we talk about Jordy being on command track. I could have seen Scotty having his own ship easily. Although I will say the thing about that scene is, <laughs> and it bothered the crap out of me here. I don't know whose bridge that was. I forget, but he sets the bottle down. Okay, 
And he doesn't set it like on the nice empty space right behind the buttons. He sets it on the buttons and it's kind of like slanted. I can just see everyone behind the scenes being like, oh, shit, he's going to drop that green stuff. Do you know how much that stains? No, no. He's like, what are you chill. doing? It's Kool-Aid. It's Kool-Aid. Chill, chill. <laughs> I'm just thinking like in the holodeck, did he press the jettison pod button? And then like some poor hapless lieutenant is now. Some holographic lieutenant oh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe kyle you've activated court martial <laughs> well you know and then picard just busts in opening up the arch and the, you know breaking the illusion he couldn't use the turbo lift like maintain the illusion just a little bit yeah where on earth Alone. is he walking out why on earth would that be where the holodeck would spit you out just the view screen hey <laughs> yeah whatever well any uh final thoughts on relics philip i mean just that it was good to see scotty again i mean uh, if you if you do the i was saying math i guess but yeah if you do the math we hit every original series person except one um throughout the rest of this outside of tos um we we get scotty and and spock and and sarek and kirk and check off and scotty again in next gen um and we get sulu in voyager um but uh uhura sorry Sorry, when do when do we hit Chekhov? Chekhov generations. 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 Oh yes, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I yeah. sorry. It took me that. a second yeah. too. Don't feel bad. I'm like, <laughs> we even get Sulu's daughter instead of Uhura. So I mean, I'm not I'm not saying sexism, but I'm I am. Um, but but no, I'm just glad we got to see Scotty again. Um, you know, while Jimmy Doohan was still alive and able to do such things. So it's a, it's a great episode, funny, and and really captures that character. All right. What about you, Darren? Yeah, this is a, a a fun episode, and I definitely one I really enjoy. And it was fun watching it again in in HD this time, and picking up on little things like the transporter sound effect. And uh, but I, I've always loved the the Dyson Sphere B plot. It's just a very creative science fiction concept, and again, loosely based on you know someone's paper somewhere. But again, whether or not to, you could actually build that Picard has memorized. Yeah, well, you know, he's sciencing the science for the uh, sake of the science. Uh, but uh, no, this is a really fun one, and and I enjoy it, and uh, I think it's a good good send off for Scotty. And and you know, I did it fall on a particular like no episode anniversary or something. It was just for the heck of it. I couldn't remember. Um, but yeah, as they slowly work their way from mentioning the word Spock in Sarek to seeing Spock in, you know, unification. And then here's, you know, here's Scotty. And it, it, it makes sense, you know, it works. And, uh, you know, I think, I think they actually had Scotty in a lot of the novels in like the Starfleet Corps of Engineers. I've read a couple and he has like a challenger. I think it's like the USS challenger, which is an enterprise or is a galaxy class starship, which is fun, you know, just to see these characters bouncing around again. And, you know, that's, what's fun about Star Trek is, uh, you know, once you let yourselves out of the box of we can't talk about our past, you know, why not reference this huge history of and this huge amount of of things? You don't have to, you know, bind yourself to it, but you know, at least l- use it uh, to its benefit. So, so and, great episode, definitely, definitely a good season six episode. And and just one quick question, because I know you guys talk about um, Gary Seven. And 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 all these other things was relic and, and Captain Worf and Captain Sulu was relics the uh, pilot spinoff for the Captain Scott series because he gets his own <laughs> shuttle. Hey, I, I wonder what adventures he'll have. Credits roll. Well, I mean, I you think, think that we see those, pilot? right? Actually, he it's, never it's left the holodeck. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's a backdoor <laughs> pilot for uh, Homeboys from Outer Space, <laughs> which is a great show. What? Featuring yeah, um, I, James Doohan yeah. as Great. Pippin. I saw it. I remember seeing it in the 90s. I yeah. yeah. That was actually... Um, UPN or... or uh, <laughs> we, we, we've been meaning WB? to talk... I can't remember which one. The, the, UPN. Yeah. The guy, uh, M- Michael Price, who who wrote writes all those Lego Star Wars things, he was actually a writer on that show. And he talked about how, like, they had him on as Pippin, you know, which is a great reference, especially if you're a Chicago person. And um, they everyone loved it. And then the network came in and they're like, uh, you can't do that because he's basically just playing Scotty from Star Trek. And, you know, 
were worried about getting sued. <laughs> and they're, they're like, we, you're Paramount. You own... <laughs> You own Star Trek. We, what's the, <laughs> Who's I, gonna? <laughs> we're gonna sue ourselves. Dang it! <laughs> so they made them stop. They they had to they had to kick him off the show, which is very unfortunate. But I would say that Relics is a backdoor pilot for Homeboys from <laughs> Outer Space. That's in my head canon. Head canon, except <laughs> so uh, Daniel, we haven't gotten to you yet, right? Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, so what uh, what what are your thoughts? That's all right. Daniel? We ignore him on our show too. That's fine. <laughs> It happens. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about no, Scotty is not the only thing. Sorry, Dad. Sorry. Guys! <laughs> it's that redheaded Can ensign. someone pay attention to me? <laughs> the shuttle door is just closing, and we're just like... I know, you're ju- I know you're just here to show me to my quarters, but please talk to me. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I'll just echo what, they, what Philip and Duren said is, just it's a good episode it's a solid episode there's there it's not perfect there are issues with it but you know we get to pick up on this character and kind of relive TOS for the for these 40 minutes through his eyes and uh i i enjoy it i have a lot of fun with it and scott it's you know it, even if it was a terrible episode it would still have james Dewan being scotty and you know honestly that's enough for me and then to add to the fact that this is at least at the very least a good episode overall, even without that element, it, it pushes it over the top for me. So I, I, I have so much fun every time I watch Relics. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think most people will as well. Drew? Uh, I really like it. Um, I'm not going to put it in my top five of, of TNG, even though I'm not done with TNG yet. Uh, but it, it is fun. It's it it's it's kind of heartwarming i had uh, i was misty through through most of it uh it it hit me in all the right spots and i think that ronald d moore should be given his own series and and see what he comes up with uh, on his own or maybe like rebooting some some other old television series oh like tos something <laughs> like that more like oh, star wars okay i can see it yeah, I think that Ron Moore has a future in television. Something tells me uh, you can see it. You can like see a Lost it. in Space. Is that? Yeah, maybe something like okay. that. Maybe maybe something like that. That with Matt cool. LeBlanc, it'll be great. Yeah, yeah. I you know I I do like this episode a lot. Uh, I think that you know one of the things that really struck me in this episode is how good James Doohan is. Um, he he really sort of nails the the character in this, and and he's got sort of a a very stylized sort of sixties performance, but it works well for um the the story that they're telling and and the character that they're using, and and it it gels well and and is an interesting counterpoint to what you see um throughout next gen. The one thing I will say though is the techno babble. He has no idea oh, what the hell he's talking about. You can see him <laughs> reading the cue episode. cards off the side. I, I yeah. swear to you. It's like, oh, we could do it, that. Yeah, that yeah, would that totally would be a thing. Work. With the thing because yeah. the thing, and yeah, and it's like, well, okay, but that's okay because you know he's got the drinking down cold, so you know it's all. Good. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like this episode quite a bit. Um, although I don't think that it is like the best of the best of the best or anything like that. It's it's really good. It's really good for for, for so. TNG episodes that feature TOS characters. It's right up there in the it's top the five. Best. <laughs> it's the sit. It's, well, well, it's the, the Citizen that... Kane of uh, of <laughs> TNG episodes with TOS characters in them. That is too long of a title, thing, it's Mike. Not even the top five. <laughs> I also don't even think that's true. Yeah, because yeah, what's yeah, better? Because this was good. Generations. Oh, Sarek is way better than. Sarek is oh, really good. Way, nah. way better than nah. Oh, you mean, you mean the that other... That doesn't even count. The other episode featuring an original series character that just talks about the issue of aging? Is that... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. well. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. Thanks thanks for doing this, guys. Uh, you know, it's it's good to, to hear a 24th century perspective on things. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Now, now where, where can people find you elsewhere in the 24th century they can find us each and every week here on the network earl gray talking all things of course tng like you said um and they can find me on twitter 
My handle is NC Public Servant. That's NC for no checkoff puns. <laughs> no checkoff puns, public servant? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they can find me on Twitter uh, talking about science fiction in general under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And they can find me as well on Twitter. Uh, and I'm one up Dan. That is the number one, not the word. Excellent. So yeah, be sure to check out Earl Grey. It's a uh, it's fine quality. It's another show on the network. <laughs> Highly caffeinated. Hey, um, hey, we we featuring the voice talents of Mike Schindler and the role playing talents of Drew Stewart. That's true. Episode one hundred. Yeah. We we were featured. Yeah. Sorry, I was so not good at that. <laughs> we just fixed. You it were post. totally okay. a Romulan. It was obvious. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I could feel your shoulder pads through your voice. <laughs> no, it, it was, you know, when Andy started talking, I, I got a little like, ah, ha, ha. and then when Daniel heard your voice, Mike, he just lost I don't it. know. I don't understand why, <laughs> but it was pretty funny to watch. <laughs> it was just because it was the scope of that episode was never revealed to us. So I had no idea how many people were involved. So it was actually just kind of cumulative. So every time another host, it's like I heard their Christopher voice. Christopher Jones <laughs> just got better and better. And better, and better. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again for joining us. Yes, thank and, you. And uh, yeah, everyone, check out Earl Grey. They're they're good. Huzzah! Well, that was fun talking with Earl Grey today. But Earl Grey is only two of the topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week, so here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Well, it's very small and intimate, and you get to see, you know, a lot of people whose work you've come to admire or whatever, and, I mean, that's what's kind of cool about it. The fact that it's in a hotel, it's at the Rio, <laughs> and... You know, everyone is staying there. Earl Grey. Yeah, really, she's following the Hasbrat, I think, is really what it is. <laughs> Come for the revolution, stay for the Hasbrat. It's got to be fresh Hasbrat. None of that replicated stuff. Like, Daniel's, like, at the, watching the end of this episode, like, tears are coming down the face. It's like, no, oh, it's the Hasbrat. It's so spicy. It's what it is. <laughs> the Orb. Also, the original title of this episode was A Matter of Breeding. Which, when we talk about things feeling TNG-ish, that could have been a Riker episode. <laughs> <laughs> the Ready Room. It's about people and feelings and emotions. It's about philosophy. It's about the future. It's about hope. It's about glory. It's about intellectual promise. That's what Axnar is about. It is not a story about pew, pew, pew. I promise you that. To the journey! I do have one honorable mention. Name it. Prox! Oh, <laughs> How could we not have a top five, season five moments without Prax? Warp five. It kind of like is akin to um, when fans saw the Galaxy class in the next generation for the very first time. And you had a, basically a crew and civilian complement of what, over a thousand people? About two thirds of that complement were civilians and their families so you actually did have teachers and scholars and scientists and their extended families on board commentary trek stars one of the things that amazes me about the score for star trek the motion picture is that he he only had 50 percent of the movie available to him when he scored so he he was scoring an awful lot to scene missing scene missing the 602 club where did he get the cloak from on the other planet? I really, really, really want to know. He shows up uh, with the he, cloak. He, he, he kind of fashioned it out of out of a rudimentary lathe. Uh. <laughs> Literary treks. It's a small point, but I thought it was really interesting to have here in the book because, again, that's what Star Trek Deep Space Nine has really always done for Star Trek, which is kind of make faith okay in the Star Trek universe and show how it's valid. And so I thought that was a really nice, uh, and it, again, it's a it's a tiny point in the book, but I thought it was pretty powerful, at least for me, who is somebody who is a faith. So. Mm -hmm. Axanar, the official podcast. 
it is the spirit of TOS that matters that's being captured, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the aesthetic. The aesthetic was 1966 to 1969 that had its moment, it had its time, and there's a certain amount of charm still to that. But it doesn't allow you to push the Women narrative at forward because that type of aesthetic holds creativity back, in my opinion. Keiko could totally beat the crap out of Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> this is so, like, I cannot buy this at all. That she's just sitting there being like, oh, my baby. At the very least, she could throw a plant at him or something. <laughs> because we established in TNG that pot foo is a thing. <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or you can just stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash podcast to get all the links. Well, if you'd like to contact us and share your thoughts on today's show, you can go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose send a show and choose standard orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab in the left-hand column of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and our other listeners at our Facebook group, The Babel Conference. You can find Mike on Twitter at Mumbles3K, and you can find him on his own website at CommentaryTrackStars.com and right here on Trek FM under Commentary Trek Stars. And you can find me on Twitter at 005-D-O-U-B-L-E-O-F-I-V-E. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week, and our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible's a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible's the premier source for audiobooks and more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you yet to read, and the latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. We'd also like to thank Richard Rutledge Jr. and Renee Roberts for being our associate producers this week by supporting us on Patreon. You can find Richard on Twitter at RUT8972 and Renee at MRES underscore 1701. If you want to help them keep us in orbit, you can also support us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash trekfm, you'll find a list of donation levels where you can get things like exclusive digital goodies, early access to episodes, access to our project manager, and even be listed as an associate producer for our shows. You'll find out where the donations can go, things like covering the monthly cost of hosting and distribution, hiring an editor for our shows, and upgrading our equipment. Again, that's patreon.com slash trekfm, so check it out. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landrew. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit. Ahead, walk factor one. Hi, sir.